Hi Josie, how are you? Yeah, no, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, please tell us about what your practice and what does it entail? Um, so, when people ask me about my practice, I sort of get a little bit, uh, what's the word, stifled because um, I don't really like to define what I do. I'm very um, explorative with my work. Um, I like to think of myself as a bit of a gypsy, so um, I'm a, a gypsy acting as like a visual designer graphic artist slash artist <laughs> um, and yeah by not putting myself in the box of, of having practice I like to sort of see where I can go I think it, if I if I was to do that it would put me in a box so um, yeah I, <laughs> I'm, I'm lots of different things but I just really love to create I love to just get my hands on things and, and understand what they do and, and the processes and intuitively pick up new skills so um what 
um, that producer was all about. He really loves the idea of wandering, traveling the world, that sort of thing. So I used wire to sort of create this movement instead of going straight to the computer, which is unfortunately very common for designers to do. So with my background in fine arts, um, I used my conceptual thinking to push my experimentation with the wire. So yeah, we're working back and forth. Uh, it's a very long-winded answer, but um, <laughs> experimentation and some light is the heart of what I do. I really love to show that in my work. I want that to show. Yeah. <laughs> very long answer. <laughs> That's all right. Take as long as you need to answer each question. I saw on your website that you do a thing called pixel recycling. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> the way I think about my practice, I guess. Um, so it kind of answers the first thing you asked me. Um, so basically it's a, a term I've coined for my practice and it involves moving in and out of analog and digital mediums. So exploring the effects of light and glitch and mistakes or whatever they are. Um, shape, colour, sound and all of that. So basically I look at the medium and I see what uh, influence it, that has on the end result. So it's like having, like if there's some sort of analogy, um, if you have your own Vinnie store, um, you've got a pair of jeans you bought a year ago and they may, they're not going to like spark joy anymore. <laughs> Basically what you could do is embellish them with stuff and then they become this whole new thing. So I believe that basically I like to problem solve with things that I already have to repurpose. So basically just pushing how far, uh, seeing how far I can push what I've done in the past and observing the new medium insights um, that are created from working with that thing in a different way. So basically, as an example, I'll go back to um, the thing I did for the Melbourne music producer, his name's Zach Rowe. What I did was I made that wire sculpture I made it um, of his name, it said background, it was all sort of twirly and, you know, like wire is, it's sort of a bit messy and all over the place, but it all bendy. Um, I actually brought that into my computer and I started to look at the shapes of it and I sort of distorted it and I turned it into something else. And then what I could do in, in the future is use that again for something completely different. So I like to see how far I can push something. <laughs> If that makes sense. So, um, yeah, keep keep things in, in circulation. It's um, hard to explain when I don't have a visual in front of me, but <laughs> um, yeah, I like to come back to things and see how, how I can change them and how I can um, create something new from those things rather than constantly trying to create new things. <laughs> That's yeah. heaps cool. I like that idea. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. It's also, you know, it's cool to see what you, uh, like from one day to the next, it's like when you are looking at a painting that you're doing or like a drawing that you're doing and you get a new insight even the next day if you leave it alone <laughs> and you come mm. back. You know, it's just seeing what, what else you can get from it. There's always some, and something else it has to say. So, yeah. I totally understand that process. Like, yeah. um, if I feel like I'm hitting a wall and getting too stressed with something, I have to leave it alone for a while and take a break and then come back. And you yeah. have fresh eyes when you come back to it and it starts to make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, the way you understand something one day can be completely different the next. And I think that's the real beauty in, in creative practice. 
is that it's always um, shifting, it's always changing, for the better or for the worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, as an example of how I do the pixel recycling is, uh, actually, yeah, so it starts with, say, I did a drawing, I think it was like four years ago now. Yeah. Um, and basically what I did is I started drawing by drawing a line and then the next line would follow the line before it and it would follow the imperfections of that line. So the idea of, you know, um, imperfection in, in humans, imperfection in, you know, any line, anything you do is going to be imperfect the way it is. But it creates this really beautiful drawing of, of waves. And basically what I did was I came back to that about three years later and I thought this would be a really cool graphic to use in promotional material I did for um, another music event. I tend to work a lot with musicians, seems to be the um, relationship I have and, and the, thing, the people that are drawn to me and vice versa. Um, and essentially what I did is I brought it into this motion graphic thing I did um, and it turned into this really cool swirly um, swirly line, wavy thing that looked, it suited it perfectly but I thought, no, I'll come back to this and um, it suited it really well and, yeah, I just always think that there's another way something can be used for <laughs> or can be used again or recycled, you know you never know what it's going to suit so, yeah. just um, valuing, valuing what you've already done and instead of always trying to create something new completely new so, yeah, that's an example that sort of lived on. Awesome. <laughs> How has COVID-19 affected your practice? Ah, uh, yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? It's just so recent. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, um, I think it would be better to, for me to talk about this as a student and as um, a practicing designer because I think it's affected both of those things in different ways. Um, so as a student, um, I have to admit that this is like, it's been a real game changer and um, I'm gonna say in a negative way, <laughs> unfortunately, but um, I'd rather be honest and I'd rather be a voice of, of you know, honesty. Um, mm. So I ended up handing in one of my assessments three weeks late. I usually have a week extra because I'm part of ELS, just the Equitable Learning Services, um, because I've got ADHD and I just find things a little bit, uh, that take me a bit longer um, and they mm. uh, um, facilitate that. Um, so essentially um, that did improve after a while. I just really had to understand how I could work uh, without the structures around me, um, used to having those external structures. So um, I do actually want to say that there's a positive thing here, and that is the fact that I really enjoy working in my own space. Um, I really didn't really like working in the studios at uni because I felt really distracted by everyone around me. So when I had all my tools around me, um, I was able to get to those and not have to like think about bringing them all to uni and to prepare for all of that. It was all there for me um, and it was really convenient and I found that I could be a lot more experimental without like worrying about everything else happening around me. 
Um, so that was really nice. I mean, I, was, I, I sort of tried to avoid that at uni um, when we were working in there. I'd, <laughs> I'd leave to go home and work at home. I mean, um, I don't feel bad about it, but you know, whatever works, works. Um, I'm sure other people have had that experience too. So I didn't have to like haul things into uni, all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I found that also I'd taken on a full load this term, which is very interesting because um, <laughs> I hadn't had a full load since um, I'd had my accident in 2017 and, uh, you know, with the COVID thing happening and all of that, it, it proved quite difficult actually to try and separate my subjects and, and you know, be in a good contact with my tutors. Um, you know, given the changing circumstances, but they were really good. They were actually really good, the tutors. They were really understanding, and I really want to just shout out to my tutors. I don't know if anyone's actually going to listen to this. I hope they do, and they should. Um, but yeah, thank you, Damien, and thank you to Rebecca. Um, you guys are champions. But anyway, um, so basically, I found that in some ways it was really, really hard. <laughs> some ways it definitely um, helped. So, yeah. Um, and so as a freelancer, also I've got my own business on the other side of things. But, uh, you know, I've got to work. <laughs> um, it was a crazier time for me because I was juggling a whole load of uni. Um, and I was also a student rep. I was the student rep for the design, art and design faculty board at uni. Um, so it was a lot on my plate. So handling my own business, which is actually still pretty new, um, had it for what, a year and a half now. Um, it for me it became impossible, um, and I'll just be honest. Um, so I actually had to let go of some clients, and I had to, to be able to focus my uni work and to get it in on time. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so it's 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 a challenge, but you know I think we're all growing from it. And I think I've definitely grown from it, and I've seen where the um, where the, not, not the whole, where the opportunities are to improve my practice and to, uh, in case, you know, in, in if there's another challenging time that comes up for me, to be able to understand where I can improve. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how has COVID-19 affected you in general? Um, it's, it's been unique. <laughs> Um, it's um, been a bit of a crazy time. Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's very much like uh, the way that I was explaining with my practice. Um, so it's definitely reflected the same way in life. Um, so normal structures aren't there. Um, I, well, I, I'm going to bring it up again. I've got ADHD, and, and that actually affects me more than more than you'd think. Um, so it disrupts my executive functioning, which means that it's hard for me to remember things. It's like uh, um, I zone out, you know, uh, understanding the order things go in, how to plan, all that sort of thing. Um, so also have that and having um, a traumatic brain injury, which I sustained in 2017, means that all of this going on with my practice, my work, all that sort of thing, really, like, once I got overwhelmed, it almost knocked the wind out of me. Um, and so mm. I think, for me, it's 
been a real tough, it's been a tough time, it's been a challenging time. Um, but I'm someone who's quite determined and I uh, have a lot of <laughs> ambition, a lot of ambition. So I really, um, what am I trying to say? Really worked to come, to come out of it the other side. I actually reached out to a psychologist, and um, that's really helped me in this time. And I think it's important that we we talk about things like this because people often, I'm sure, people have felt alone in this time, and and they probably feel like they're the only one experiencing things like this. That they're overwhelmed and they're overworked and they're stressed and they don't know what to do. Mm. But, um, I just want to say that obviously, if you guys need any any help, just reach out for it. There's more people than you know. Um, need it but yeah it, it's so basically since I've had that it's, it's gotten better and I've also you know I've been able to see my partner which is really good um, and you know I'm closer with my family as well now which is lucky you know hmm. not everyone is um, but yeah I'm, I'm quite an introvert so <laughs> I mean that, that to be honest with you I'm, I'm pretty happy with that um, in that, that part of it and um, but yeah it's it's been a real mix of things and I think um, yeah uh, I don't know like I've been able to see my cat more which is awesome <laughs> um, but yeah no, it's, uh, I guess one other thing is that I've found that my habits have not been as great because I haven't had the external structures around me that I used to have where I'd slot things in and I guess that, that sort of thing would be helped by, by the use of a planner which I, I aim to get back into doing <laughs> um, mm. yeah so that's general gist of, of how it's been for me yeah. yeah I can definitely relate um yeah I, I personally have bipolar type 2 oh, so okay. yeah so um I've actually found that this crisis has actually put more of a focus on mental health mm. than ever before so I'm actually really impressed with that because it should have been it should have happened before um but <laughs> I know <laughs> Yeah, I've actually been addicted to this show called United States of Tara, and ah. yeah, I'm concerned about the way um, mental health conditions are um, represented in movies and shows, and mm. in this show, it's so realistic. It's so like it's empathetic, but it doesn't romanticize it. Mm. So mm. it's really good. I, I've never met anyone with DID, but yeah, wow, it's intense. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So have you seen um, Atypical? No, I haven't. So that's about a um, guy with autism. And um, there's a common thing that's shared with autism and ADHD, and that's called hyperfocus. Um, and basically it's when you get stuck doing something from hours on end because you get so sucked into it. I mean, it's, it's a positive thing, it's also a negative thing, but I found that that's been occurring more with my practice recently, to like draw it back into what you, we were talking about with um, um, how it's affected pra my practice. And it's like, um, it's also like a way of feeling a bit more in control. Um, it's just like, if you relate it to something, I'm trying to relate to something, it's like flow, the idea of flow that people have when they get into the groove of what they're doing. Um, and they sort of just keep going, keep going. But for me, it's like, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, my passion is also the thing that also draws me into a vortex. 
way and I ignore other things. So yeah, I'm really like I'm glad that you also mentioned the fact that you've got uh, bipolar. Um, mm. You know, I think it's really great that we're um, beginning to be a, a bit more open about things and people are sharing these things and we realise that we're not so dissimilar. We've all got something. Yeah. <laughs> we've all got a bit of something, haven't we? I was actually almost, um, I was actually misdiagnosed bipolar. It's a common thing that's done with ADHD and bipolar. Um, Same. I was yeah. I was diagnosed with AD, ADD when I was a kid. Mm. So yeah, same same happened with me, okay. but reverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like they still find it really hard to do. I had to get a second opinion. So yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, one of those. It's like it's always like a, what do they call it? Bell curve. Yeah. Yeah, I have something um, like a symptom of my condition that's similar with ADHD um, called hyper oh sorry no, not hyper focus it's oh. hypermania so oh, is that part of ADD? Um, is it? I don't think it was I mean I get it at night <laughs> oh right <laughs> yeah so yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's similar to mania except you don't get like super happy it just means like you get super productive and you take on so much and then you get overwhelmed and you crash and then you get depressed so um that's something i have to watch out for is you know um because i'm very ambitious as well and it can be similar to me actually sorry it feels like you're pretty similar to me in that way i get i get that too yeah well my middle name is josie so find that um, binge watching shows actually helps me <clears throat> keep balance because um, when I get into a state of hypermania I find it hard not to be busy so when mm. I start watching TV shows it kind of um, reteaches myself that I've got to make time for me and, and mm. relax so it mm. puts me back in balance and I also enjoy watching a lot of Netflix and Stan <laughs> Yeah, another one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've brought the NBN down to a, a, a dull roar there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Oh. Is there um, is there a meme that you like at the moment? Like, that's oh, your favourite? Wow. <laughs> I have, you know what's funny? I actually don't really follow memes unless they're on, like, I used to be, like, an avid meme person. I used to, um, probably um, I used like on Reddit when it was like the first memes came out and all of that but I don't really I, I, I'm sort of avoiding that sort of thing at the moment um, I've, I've been watching a lot of TV but I'm watching like those um, mums go rogue type things, American like good girls and all that stuff. my new favourite things but yeah no I um, it's whatever is shared with me I love my ADHD memes because I relate to them um, but yeah <laughs> um, anything with a cat or anything that is um, kind of dark 
Um, yeah, <laughs> that's two great pictures. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really do the memes so much anymore. Not really, not really for me anymore. Fair enough. Um, so, have you stayed in contact with your creative community at this time? Um, yes and no. Um, I've always been a real stickler for um, being in touch with my creative community because I'm a freelancer. Um, and that means a lot of time spent at home in front of the computer with my cats, which is a good thing. But, um, <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of time spent alone, so you've got to actively really um, look out to who your peers are. And so, what I would do before um, before we were all behind a buzz, um, I would go to events quite a bit. Like I'd go to talks, and and I've met quite a few people that are now my good friends from those. So, essentially, what happened um, in this time is that I actually it was quite a random way it happened, but I have these two other designers that I'm now in a group with. Um, it's Joe and Luke, and they're part of um, the Never Not Creative Change Group. It's a really great um, organization, Never Not Creative. And basically what they do is they look out for the mental health of creatives, and they're looking for ways to improve the way our industry operates and how we treat each other, um, how we get treated, and you know how to put up a support. Um, and basically the, the company that runs that is Streamtime, so it's like a project management software thing. Um, I use them personally. I'm not touting them right now. <laughs> I'm just like, it's my way of rolling in the story. But um, essentially, what I do as part of that group now is um, what I'm going to do is write some content, because I've got my own blog. They, um, I was sort of, I joined them to be able to put some more content out there for them and based on neurodiversity and, and lived experience, that sort of thing. Um, and so I'm part of that group and, you know, there's all different initiatives that they run. I actually really recommend them for anyone who's in the creative industry because it's, um, I mean, they're not making money out of it or anything. It's like resources on how to, um, you know, look after yourself as a creative and, and the things that we go through, there's pledges, all that sort of thing. So it's a really great group. Um, and basically what happened is a girl called Joe reached out to me because seen my blog and she's just been diagnosed with ADHD and she was referred by um, Andy who runs Never Not Creative um, and she was like oh you know you need to meet my friend Luke and so now we're now we're in this group um, we chat to each other and there's this really cool thing that we've started doing and it's called make your bed <laughs> um, hmm. and in the morning like um, I don't know other people probably like this as well but like it's hard for me to get myself out of my bed in the morning when I don't have something planned and outside of the house um, and essentially, we have been videoing us making our beds together. Um, and what that's done is created a really cool, really positive um, what's the word? Uh, incentive to get on with the day and to um, uh, create a sense of accountability and positivity there. So that's been really good. Um, it's also been really nice with uni. Believe it or not, um, I feel closer with my peers at uni because they're going through a, a shared experience. So, um, yeah, it's we'll all say hi to each other and in ways that we probably wouldn't have been in contact with each other before because, you know, we've all got our faces up on the screen. Um, we're all sort of unding, understanding each other's um, ways of working. And, and, you know, like I set up a Facebook 
group, one of my bosses, because we wanted to show each other our work um, outside of the time that we were on the video call. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I've also, um, oh, actually, no, it's all right. Grab that last bit. Um, yeah, no, so I, yeah, till I go back and I'm going to the talks and all that sort of thing, um, yeah, I've got my little trio and I've got the Never Not Creative Change group, which is really cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So have you started using VR technology as a temporary alternative to going out at the moment? So, um, I'm curious to know, like, VR is in virtual reality. Do you mean, like... Yeah. Um, like, people having, like, drinks and stuff on... Is that, is that what that is? Like, people having, like, lunchtime together and all that? Um, <laughs> I think that's house party. Oh, um, So right. VR is, like... Yeah, um, you can go on YouTube 360 and um, go on a roller coaster ride and stuff <gasps> like that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that. I feel like I've been too busy. Um, <laughs> I know. I've been very reclusive. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've, <laughs> I've um, gone right the other way because um, I think what's happened is more of the same thing for me because I am quite introverted. Um, I think it's really sort of... Uh, encouraged by yeah, introversion um so not really no no i haven't okay no. <laughs> um what is your take on this new world and are are we living um oh, sorry um what is your take on this new world we are living in and do you believe that our leaders are doing dealing with this crisis appropriately um, look, I'm going to uh, preface this by saying I am not very learned in politics. Um, and I think to say anything or uh, posit any sort of uh, remark here would be um, not a great idea because, yeah, I don't know a lot about it. But I do know from, um, uh, I don't know, we're in a very fortunate position. And I think we're, we've got our due diligence to thank for that as well. I like mm. to think of what, what we've done as a people. Um, I think that's been really good. I think that's something that we've put out generally. Um, but I, I, to comment on, on our leaders, I think, wouldn't be a great thing for me to do because I don't, I actively don't participate in the watching of news or the consumption of news very much because I, I know that it's, like for every nine news stories, only one of them is positive, and I like to make sure that I've got a bit more of a realistic or a bit more of a balanced view of the world, and that doesn't always include the news. Um, but I do know that we're, we've been very fortunate, and I do know some of our leaders <laughs> haven't dealt with it well, um, and some of them have dealt with it very well. So <laughs> I like what Jacinda's been doing. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I think you know, shaking hands with everyone in a hospital is so great. Um, so that's that's my answer. I know it's a bit long-winded, but I think you know, it's a bit of both. I think our leaders have been, some of our leaders have been doing it well, some of them haven't been, and I think those ends of the spectrum are, are exaggerated, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, so that's my answer. Um, so. What's been the most interesting for you in lockdown? Um, 
people have coped. I've always been really interested in watching people. That sounds crazy. Just um, <laughs> start observing um, social and cultural um, changes and norms, I think. And watching this unprecedented thing happen that really has challenged our worldview um, has been really interesting. Um, I think people have realised that they like being home more than they thought. And I really like that as an introvert. I condone this. Um, the more people that are inside, the more that's condoned for me, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think also that um, the bonds people have formed, uh, you know, they're actually really quite strong as well. I, I know that I, the bonds that I've formed with the people over this time have been pretty strong. Um, and it, it's, again, like lived experience and, and shared experience, I think definitely forms a bond stronger than any other. Like, um, you know, how the challenges and hardship really does bring people closer. Um, I think, uh, I mean, also what's interesting is Boris Johnson shaking everyone's hand. I think that was a nice guy. Nice guy shaking everyone's hand in hospital. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think it's been really interesting watching people do things with like a scarcity mindset, um, you know, like the hoarding thing. I've done a lot of things with toilet paper in my subject, like surprisingly a lot. Um, in <laughs> because of the way that I think it's so intriguing how people lose a sense of um, logic, you know, in favour of protection and, and I don't know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I remember watching people walking down the street with rolls of toilet paper and face masks on. I'm like, what a world! What a time to be alive! So, um, <laughs> super interesting. How I remember being at the hairdressers and uh, people were talking to each other. People were like, the clients were talking to each other, and and like it's like you don't know what you've got till it's gone, right? It's hmm. people which so happy to be around other people it's you know it's, it's funny how we're so close in some ways you know like technology and that whole sense of closeness and then you're actually out in the world and you're like oh my god another human being oh my god um <laughs> yeah so it's, yeah, it's super interesting i think you know sense of community i think has grown in a different way yeah definitely so do you have any advice for other designers and art lovers at this time um, I think the big thing for me to, for, that I talk to this, and I think other people, they probably have taken it already, but that I can recommend is that, and I, this is from my psyche, to be honest, I'm, I'm just relaying this because I think it's important. Just because something works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of messages. Like, I feel like I've been getting bombarded with them, conflicting messages on how we should be, feel, act, you know, basically everything, but I don't think it really actually matters what other people are doing. I think what matters is how we look after ourselves, and that really does um, change for everybody. I know for me, because I've got ADHD and I've got a traumatic brain injury, I really need to slow down. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need to overcompensate, um, neither does anyone else really. Like, it's not a race and we're all struggling in one way or another. We just need to look after each other and ourselves, ourselves uh, mostly, <laughs> um, and take comfort in the fact that 
we're not the first to feel the way we're feeling. Um, and to reach out. Reach out if you need to. Um, I'm just going to say that now. As someone who's experienced oh, a world of, of just craziness and you know things that have happened and that I've needed help with, just get the help if you need it. And there's ways to get it. Um, through Medicare, you get your 10 free sessions, all that kind of thing. Or there's a, there might be a gap, but don't take my word for it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, just to reach out. Um, and I know that that's not specific to design or art, but it's specific to human beings. And I think we all need to look after ourselves before um, we think about things outside of that. Um, I think it's to understand what we do have and to appreciate that as well. And I think. Um, you know, things will go back to normal. It's temporary. The world's the same. And we can control our own habits. And if we need help with that sort of thing, you know, reach out. Reach out to a friend. You know, people are there. Even though we're not around each other as much, we're, we're all there. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, what interesting ways are you using your design skills at this time? Um, I've really been like experimenting as per usual to be honest <laughs> but um I really am enjoying my hand lettering it's what I've been going to as a form of meditation and it really um, therapeutic um but I have been just before that all happened I just I've been doing it more now and I've been using hot glue as part of that as well using my experimentation to see how far I can push the hand lettering thing I'm going to use some boards too as well some MDF boards um do some bigger things um, I really love um, Gemma O'Brien, um, who was a, a student at Kofar, sorry, UNSW Art and Design. Um, and, she, you know, she's done so well for herself, she's a bit of an idol of mine. But, um, yeah, I've just been in, inspired by her and, and amongst other people and, and all that. So um, that's one thing. And then the other thing I've been doing is I have been engraving quite a bit. Um, so, I mean, that's. That's part of oh, part one, but I really love the use of an engraver and using that intuitively, um, and sort of just you know seeing where the line goes, you know taking the line for a walk. <laughs> but um, and just like one other thing was um, my last design subject ever. It was my last one. The brief was to create a campaign based on a social issue, um, which is you know quite interesting. Um, uh, what's the word? serendipitous um, because you know COVID came up and I ended up creating my campaign based on you know the younger risk-driven Australians who you know may not be affected by COVID as much um, by creating a, like a fake game um, and it, had, it was based on like an isometric grid and you know it was basically placing all of us in this world where the toilet paper had taken over so it's like actual toilet paper. It's like called Revenge of the Bonks. Um, <laughs> so toilet paper seems to have come into my work quite a bit. But it was the idea of this um, young guy who was like a delivery driver, sort of food delivery driver, um, you know, helping to stop the eventual toilet paper coming in and taking over the world. It's like um, subverting the idea of us hoarding things and all of that. But anyway. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I found that a really interesting way to explore the whole issue of COVID. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, 
cultural in covid times podcast no worries thanks so much for reaching out to me like um i really love the opportunity to do this because you know it's an opportunity to reach out to my fellow creatives or anyone else who's listening and um you know be another voice <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah share my experiences and, yeah, definitely well thank you um no i hope you have a good day and talk again another time beautiful thanks sarah you're welcome bye all right bye you have been listening to getting cultural in covid times a podcast to promote the existence of virtuoso 9 gallery an interactive virtual gallery with a personal touch to check it out go to virtuoso9gallery.wixsite.com slash my site Oh,